Yo, listen up, these are some stories. Read by three guys who make dick and fart jokes. And all day and all night, one of them drinks, and that's all I wrote. Mm. <laughs> okay. I, I I approve, Alan. Um, welcome to Under Blue Analysis, Daba Dee, Daba Die. Um, you may be wondering... Myself. What? I blew myself. <laughs> where this is the show where where we blew we blew ourselves. Um, yes. I'm, and uh, my favorite color is blue. What what is your guys' favorite color? Uh, my favorite color is green, actually. Man, fuck you. If you're green, fuck you should. You. If you're green, you should die. Yeah. My favorite color I'm, is purple. I'm blue. I always thought it was I could beat off a guy. Mm. I'm blue and I can beat off a guy. Um, <laughs> why are we talking about this? Why are we opening with I'll, blue? I'll tell you exactly. Just too why. much of heaven. <laughs> I don't want to be your clown again. I don't want to let this try and go. I'll tell you exactly why we started the episode like this. Because so we, you would move your body. Because we. <laughs> Are balls deep in another pick your patron poison. Patron poison pick poison. Patron. No, it's choose your poison. Well, choose your poison is the thread. Patron's poison is the section. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, nice retcon there, asshole. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to read some stories that have been pitched to us in another short and shivery. Yay. This is our 10th episode of this, you guys. Wow. This is some of is it? Yeah. This is, this will be the 10th short and shivery. Oh, I thought you were going to say 10th patrons poison. I was like, really? Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. We haven't Jesus. got, we haven't got that's our, that we, to get there, but there this early, we'd have to literally take every story. Anybody has ever suggested to us from here and not ever delve into our own fiction. Oh man! So anyway, what are we reading? I'm blue. Okay, yeah, I know, but we all blew ourselves. But what what are we reading? Oh, we're reading a story called "I'm Blue" to start with, and this was suggested okay, by username. What? But who's on second? No, who's on first? Who blew first? I don't know. Oh my. Oh my god, we're fucking falling apart. <laughs> this was suggested to us by uh, our patron username 159, who has been consistently sending a lot of stuff. Uh, so thanks. Uh, specifically, <clears throat> specifically, 159, SCP 159 writes, uh, in, Alan asked for this with that joke, so without further ado, I'm blue. I asked for this because of how I was dressed. Um, wow, that's an offensive joke to start off the show. <laughs> Yo, so. listen up, here's the pasta. You may know the band Eiffel 65 for their hits Move Your Body or Too Much of Heaven. They're an Italian endurance group, and they have maybe three hits in America. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to keep that because I f- prefer that. <laughs> What what is a rate except dance endurance? <laughs> guys, they're well, guys. They they're all That's, about we they they, I, they blew themselves. They're an endurance group. 
I just blew my load, but I can keep going. That is that is one of the better uh, misreads I've heard on this show. I'm pretty and that's happy. Coming from, and that's coming from a guy who once called an animal viscous. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty happy with that. No, I'm going to keep that. Oh. They're an Italian endurance group. It's Eurodance, everyone listening. It's an endurance it's Euro, group. And they have maybe three hits in America. The two previously mentioned songs and I'm Blue. If you heard the song, you'd recognize it for its catchy beat and mostly gibberish lyrics. The song came out in America in 1999. Oh, shit. We will never escape that. So if you're older than 15, you may have heard it. <laughs> but if you're younger than that, the song doesn't exist. It was wiped out in the great Euro Dance Endurance Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Of of the two of the see, early two thousands, chances are. See, see now 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 David's upset that he he's been labeled what he is, which is the straight man, and he's got to prove that he can be funny. <laughs> <laughs> chances are, though, that you haven't heard the story behind the song. In their recent biography, Eiffel sixty five reveals the truth. Oh shit, you guys! See, so I'm already disappointed because I thought we were reading a haunted episode of. Blues Clues. <laughs> I was hoping so, I'm, too. I'm sure it's a... Man, how is that not what this... Uh, <laughs> what this... Uh, Short and shivery should be? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm abandoning our original plan. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I'm I'll someone find I'll a read. Blues Clues I'll creepypasta. You guys Google. <laughs> someone find a Blues <laughs> Originally... There were four members in Eiffel 65. Jeffrey J., Raimondo Sanguin, Maurizio Labina, and Gabri Pont. <laughs> After a few unsuccessful one-hit blunders, the four of them decided to seek inspiration serving as missionaries with their church. Soon, they were off, they were off to the heart of Africa, to build irrigation systems for landlocked villages. None of them were really built for physical labor, but the word of God had brought them down there, and there they would work. Did, did you guys ever hear the, the song they, they did after uh, Europop? There was a song they actually did, sang that was called I'm So Blessed. No. This is legit. It exists. And it's just them being really grateful about shit. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And but they still so, auto tune their voice. They still do the you know the auto tune to the voice. So it's like I'm so blessed. <laughs> That's a disturbingly good accent. Thank you. Um, or impression. So they went to Africa, and and uh, they blessed the rains there. Yeah. <laughs> they blessed the rains in Africa. Do 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 I Did they? The they black went to, chick in Africa. They went to Africa and they inserted their hands into another man's hand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, construction was rather boring, despite being short-staffed. The watering system came with enough instructions that the pipes fit together within a few weeks, saving the local farms and winning over the hearts of the villagers. Out of all of the volunteers, the four bandmates were selected by the villagers to celebrate the night. That night, a grand feast was to be prepared for them. 
Sick of MREs shipped to them from some rusty American warehouse, they gladly accepted. Can I just say this? Um, I Maybe the story will shit the bed. That's always a potential. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, this is actually a pretty solid start, and I'm interested, genuinely. Yeah. I, I feel if, like... If you forget that this story is about the four members of fucking Eiffel 65 for a second. <laughs> it's it's already kind of... Um, document. It's already kind of like a documentary story. Of like, this is what happened after Eiffel 65... You know, and they they got religious, and they wanted to do this thing, and it's taking it in a unique direction, and I'm interested. Well, this is this is pre this is pre Eiffel this is pre Europop, so they haven't done I'm Blue yet. Oh, what? They were always I kind of I kind of zoned out looking for a Blues Clues creepy pasta. <laughs> That's fine. Just so you guys know, we had other plans for a thing, but we're gonna save those for another episode because we don't want to spoil. The wonder that is this blue-themed episode of Undercooked, Blundercooked, Bluedercooked. <laughs> Bluedercooked Blunalysis. <laughs> Blumhouse horror. Um, that night, Jeffrey, Raimondo, uh, Maurizio, and Gabri entered the village and were greeted by a long table at the edge of a large circle with a massive bonfire at the center. The four sat down, and immediately one of the villagers emerged from a nearby hut carrying a goat, bringing it to the bonfire. The four had lived in the area long enough that what came next didn't shock them, but Raimondo was still squeamish. The villagers skewered the oh, goat... Oh, that Raimondo. That Raimondo. I, was, I keep wanting to say Raimundo because of rocket power. <laughs> the villagers... <laughs> <laughs> the villi- rocket power only, only 90s kids will like this episode <laughs> of Undercooked Analysis. <laughs> Rocket Power came out in 1999, so if you're older than 15, you may have heard of it. <laughs> um, oh, fuck, where, I lost my place. The villagers skewered the goat on a stick and roasted it over the bonfire, letting the animal's hair burn away as its flesh boiled off. After what seemed like an eternity, the chief removed the carcass from the fire and began hacking away at it. Every so often, he would cut an artery and hot blood would spurt out onto the dirt, sizzling as it continued to boil. The four choicest cuts. The four choice cuts went to the band, and the chief continued to serve the goat to the rest of the gathered villagers. Okay, actually making me hungry, man. <laughs> you, you ever you ever have that happen when you're out in the wild and you spurt it on the dirt? Yeah. Spurt on the dirt. <laughs> yeah, after an endurance Europop dance. Okay. <laughs> the band more hungry than disgusted, began digging into the freshly roasted goat. But Raimondo was still disturbed by the goat's fate and only managed to swallow three bites before his bandmates had finished their portions. He really likes goats. He thinks they're adorable. Not wanting to offend his generous hosts, Raimondo split his portion amongst his three bandmates and they quickly finished the leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to stress to everyone, we're reading a story in which... uh, the members of Eiffel 65 <laughs> ravenously consume freshly roasted goat meat. <laughs> In an African village. Yep. So so is this this is not a let me get this straight, this is not a Resident Evil six no Resident Evil five creepypasta? 
you don't know it, where the bandmates of Eiffel 65 were during uh, the events of Resident Evil 5. Good point. It's true. The villagers, having finished their main courses as well, began dancing in a circle around the bonfire. The villagers' shadows danced as much as they did, in the time with the flickering of the flames. The sun had set by this point, leaving the flame as the last source of light for miles. Uh, I like the use of words here. I like the imagery. Um, I get a very vivid image when they're talking about the goat having its uh, hair boiled off and everything. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if this story turns out good, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> so far, it's setting up really well. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, as the dancing continued, one of the villagers, not entranced, not, not endurance by the flames, emerged <laughs> from her hut, carrying a uh, a second course for the band. In the dim light, it looked like a wonderful pile of pulled pork, which the band was eager to consume. However, having eaten most of Raimundo's portions, uh, portion of the goat, the three band members were already stuffed, and so offered the lion's share of the meat to Rye. But I thought it was pork, and now they're talking about a lion? Come on, Story, get it together. He heartily gulped down the familiar food and was soon sedated. Sated. That's sated, Sati- right? Sati- satiated. Satiated. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. He was soon sedated. His satisfaction <laughs> was not, not to last. This God is a trend. It. Own own your own your uh, your misreads. Just own your misreads. Welcome to the Own Your Misreads podcast. Uh, oh. uh who was next? Is it me? I, uh, you're is, on first. Who's on first? David's on first. Yeah, that word soon. Soon, Rye rose from the table and joined the villagers in their dance. What had once been an unfollowable flurry of hands and feet became child's play as he matched the motions of his neighbors flawlessly. Entranced by the dance, Rye began chanting, I'm blue, by the or endure, entranced by the endurance, endurance by the trance, <laughs> endurance entranced by the endurance bands. <laughs> Yarrow pop pop pop. Rise bandmates knew this was the inspiration they had been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Is this? Yes, it's your cousin, Marvin Barry. <laughs> you know that new sound you were looking for. <laughs> Well, listen to this! (laughs) So they wrote down Rye's burst of musical inspiration and continued to watch him dance. What the fuck was in that pork? His motions quickened much faster than the rest of the circle until Rye dropped his hands and stood motionless, continuing to chant. The circle closed around him, and the band lost sight of Rye for a moment until they saw him run forward and leap face first into the fire, still chanting. (laughs) I have a blue house with a blue window. (laughs) Oh, man. The three of them tried to break through the circle to save their friend, but every step 
they tried to get through was blocked by a well-placed dance step. Uh, all they could do was watch as their friend burned on the pyre, chanting his haunting refrain until his lungs were no more. The band ran far off into the darkness until they came across the volunteer camp they had been staying at. They didn't speak a word of what happened to any of the other volunteers. And when dawn broke, the band left for uh, left the left for the airport to return to Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I fucking love this so far. <laughs> we got a little bit left. Holy shit. This story has amazingly kept it together. And if it can keep it together for two more paragraphs, I will give this more than a passing rating. That's kind of shocking, honestly. It, it I am really shocked. is. Uh, the three of them managed to uh, compensate for Raimundo. Oh my god, it says Raimundo. It doesn't say Raimundo, it says Raimundo. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Okay. Raimundo's musical talent and produced the album Europop. Most of the songs were lackluster, I beg to differ, but Blue made it to American shores and was an instant hit. The band made millions off the off of the album, but not without a cost. The band, as a tribute, had used Raimundo's final chant as most of the lyrics in blue. The murder rate doubled in Italy that year. <laughs> <laughs> With most of the victims never being found, at least not in their entirety. Of the victims they were that were located, most were incomplete torsos, and most of their with most of their flesh eaten off, as if by savage animals. No forensic tests were able to identify what sort of animal consumed these people, nor were they able to find the rest of the victims. Oh my god! It wasn't until. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't until years later that a researcher made the connection between Blue's release and the mystery deaths. By reversing the lyrics, the researcher discovered Raimundo's secret message. Hide the body, eat the body, hide the body, eat the body. (laughs) Hear it for yourself here. And I want everyone listening, no fucking joke, there is a link to a YTMND page. HTTP HTTP colon slash slash Eiffel sixty five cannibals dot ytmnt dot com. I clicked it. I'm going to put this here for everyone's benefit. I just listened to it. It sounds like that. It sure does. It certainly does. Holy shit. Um. I'm looking up sources to see if the murder rate really did double that year. Well, this is quite an unexpected surprise. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm already. Th- this story has a few problems. Oh my god, I fucking love this story. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 honestly shocked. I'm too shocked to even like. I'm I'm just like, is this real life? Did someone write? A creepypasta based on blue that is actually what? Hide the body, eat the body, hide the body, eat the body. It's fuck yes. 
<laughs> yes, the story's fucking cool. The story's fucking metal. Like I was, I was. You guys heard me being like, "Holy shit, this is setting up really well." And then like, it fucking hits it out of the park with the hide the body, eat the body shit. And I don't know. I'm a stickler for realism. I want to know if the the crime rate's doubled, and I'm shitty at doing research like that. But boy, do I like this story. <laughs> this is insanity. Oh, this is this is ridiculous. Um. Wow. Okay. One fifty nine. Did you know this? Did you know this was an interesting story when you sent it to us? Or were you just like lol? Well, they don't even know. Lol, they don't even know. Like. What? Oh, you know what? It dawns on me, and I, I had this thought a while ago, but it, was, it returns. That thing that Raimundo ate—that was Long Pig. That was had to have yeah. been Long Pig. Holy shit! The story is fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this story is fucking amazing. I. <laughs> I'm not sold on it being amazing, but no, I will I say I will say that this story is better than it has any business being. That's that's me too. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm kind of charmed. I'm kind of charmed by just how much you you love it, uh, Dead Palette. I no, it's, I am, it's, I am it's, stunned. It's good. I don't think it's amazing, but it's good. <laughs> no, cause, okay. So we got all all of these trappings that I love. So we're talking about bullshit from the 90s, uh-huh. and it's setting up this documentary-style story, right? Uh, just just telling you what happened, and they're they're telling you this hidden history of this of the band. They're this Christian band that went off to do God's work in Africa. Um, Raimondo is getting grossed out, and then eats a pig. There's fridge horror when you realize that it's long pig later, and then. It's like hide the body, eat the body, and then it just so happens that when you reverse the lyrics to fucking blue, it the motherfucker's saying hide the body, eat the body. That is incredible. <laughs> and if if these crime rates are true, and I'm dubious, but if someone that's better at research than me, please fact check this. If that's true, just solid story. Oh my god. Would, uh, if, if if it's true that crime rates doubled in Italy, then solid ten out of ten. It, it, otherwise, nine out of ten. There you go. Wow. So if this checks out, holy shit. <laughs> this is uh this is uh this may this kind of makes my night. I'm not gonna lie. Do we, oh my god. I'm, I kind of feel like do we have to read this? What is inevitably going to be a, sh- a shitty uh. Or is this going to shock it? us, too? Is it? This is going to shock us, too. You feel that? This is going to shock us, too. We're going to be amazed. Okay. Here we go. So, what is this other story you found? Because we have a theme here now. Our theme is our theme is the color blue. Yeah, we're reading Blue's Clues. Where's Blue? Hi out there. It's me, Steve. Have you seen Blue? My puppy. There she is! Who's starting reading? It seemed like a normal day at first. I was just walking around when I saw what looked like a disc of some kind on the ground. Oh, boy. Oh, my. 
No, this is not going to be surprise us, I don't think. But if it does surprise us, boy, will we, will we be surprised now? Yep. Yeah. As I get closer, I saw that it's a blue... Oh my god, Jerusalem! I saw that it's <laughs> a blue... Jera symptoms, Jera symptoms, symptoms, Jera symptoms. As I get closer, I saw that it's a Blues Clues DVD. I, the tent shifting everywhere. I picked it up and looked at the other side of it and was partially pleased to see that it was hardly scratched at all. Oh, this will be good for Jordan, I said to myself. Out loud, walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. I flipped the DVD over and saw written in... Oh, no. <laughs> this is more our speed. Yeah. <laughs> What's it say, I, Alan? I flipped the DVD over and saw written in thick black marker, Don't watch. <laughs> Confused and a little concerned. I watched it first before letting Jordan watch it. So we have this DVD. We can... Okay. This is amazing. Um, before before we started recording, we're like, oh, what are we going to read for Patron's Poison? And then you're like, oh, let's read Blue and this other thing that we're going to read another time now. And I was like, hey, let's make sure we read Blue first, because that's going to be a train wreck of jokes that we can carry into the next bit. Surely we fucked up. Because <laughs> this is the train wreck of bits that we needed to carry into Blue. <laughs> This is, this is what happens when you do, when you do a show like this where it's uh, just completely blind, where you just jump in and do the best you can with what you got. Oh boy. Uh, at first, it seemed like a normal Blues Clues episode. Then I thought it was then I thought it was weird when I saw that Steve, Blues co-star of the show, was animated. Then I thought it was just for that episode, but that was when I noticed the house was worn down. Windows were broken, boards were rotted, and there were holes in the walls. Then Steve stuck his head out of one of the windows and said his signature opening line. Hey out there, it's me, Steve. Have you seen Blue, my puppy? <clears throat> Only he sounded more irritated rather than his usual cheery character is supposed oh, wait, to wait. sound. Wait, let me, let me go back and do that again. Yeah. Hey out there, it's me, Steve. Have you seen Blue, my puppy there we go only he sounded only he sounded more petty than usual (laughs) (laughs) it was wait 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 wait, let me do it again let me do it again hey out there it's me steve (laughs) have you seen blue my puppy (laughs) Uh, howdy y'all it's me steve this was that weird season where uh billy mays played blue (laughs) played steve fuck (laughs) <laughs> no, he joke. plays Blue, and then if you play Blue's Clues backward, you hear hide the body, eat the body. <laughs> if you play Blue's Clues black, he played Blue, and if you play everything Blue says backwards, it's like, don't let me get on the plane, don't let me get on the plane, don't let me get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was then... That blue appeared from behind a bush in front of the house and took off in a sprint toward the backyard rather than going to the front doggy door like she normally did. Steve then disappeared back inside of the house. 
the screen went to static for a moment, and the only sound was the loud, insanely frightening shriek of a dog screaming out in pain. Thinking it was coming from outside, <laughs> I kept watching. I'm going to take your te- your diagnosis here on this uh, thermostat. Let's see. Oh, yep. Your Jira symptoms are climbing. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Wait, did I like, say thermostat? Hold on. Let me take that line again. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is derailed. <laughs> I, d- I don't do. Do we even need to address what's going on here? No, it's so it's so self-evident that the story is breaking me. No, it's not breaking me. This is this is the usual fare. Yeah, yeah this, this is um, this, this is spoiler plate lost episode. <laughs> mm hmm. The screen exited the static and entered the next scene. Steve was oh, Steve was wearing a black hoodie, black baggy jeans, and black combat boots. <laughs> oh god! He was going through that phase. It was strange to see Steve dressed that way because goddamn, even I was not in that emo phase anymore. And even though his hood was up, I could tell it was him. But I could also tell that something was wrong. An eerie chill crawled up my spine, and I was about to turn it off when a blood-curdling, fear-filled, high-pitched scream blasted through the stereo speakers. The pitch of the volume of it pounded in my ears. It hurt so much that I had to cover them. I thought that they might kill my hearing. I went on for what it went on for what felt like hours. Find the fucking mute button. You. When it stopped. It's like no, I got, I got to keep listening. I got to keep listening. This is the ultimate Jera symptom. Is just like, yeah, yeah, this is probably going to kill my ears. But uh, 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 when it stopped, I looked up to see a knife covered in blood, clutched firmly in Steve's hand. I was confused for a moment. Then I saw a brutally mutilated corpse of a blue-haired, carefree puppy lying lifeless on the floor, a blood pooling around her body, her intestines spilling out from her belly. The blood looking so real that I almost yes. thought it was coming yes. from the TV. It was then that Steve's brother, we Joe, have, comes we in. We have hyper-realistic blood, everybody. We got it. <laughs> it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. The story is a woman. We hit blood. Um, uh, Joe comes in and sees the aftermath of the event that had just taken place. He screamed so loudly that it seemed louder than the first I covered my ears again, but it didn't. Uh, but I didn't take my eyes off the screen. So going back, I thought it might kill my hearing, which for some reason means that you're not allowed to look at the TV while you're hearing this loud sound. It's like when I stopped, uh, I looked up to see a knife. Why did you stop watching? Do, you do, kept. Do, do. You know those situations where something is so loud you can't look at it. <laughs> Yeah, that happens. But I, I like the idea that like, he screams so loud that it seemed like, and like he screams so loud. I just pictured like those those like ear rape like YouTube poops where it's just like, you yeah. know, I, <laughs> like ghost fuckers. I don't like this. <laughs> Joe Reynolds right here is a sign ah! of good babies. <laughs> oh man, it, it, it's uh, he, shout out to Durham Rockers and Ghost Fuckers because it's the best. Oh. Ghostfuckers is great. So is all of their King of the Hill stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, b- boggle. 
Boggle. Joe ran out the door in a terrified sprint, with Steve calmly walking after him. It made me think of something out of a slasher film. Joe ran for what seemed like ten minutes, then finally came to rest behind a tree to catch his breath. There was no sound at this point. Only the faint sound of Joe breathing. There was a snapping noise, like a twig breaking under the weight of someone's foot, behind him somewhere, and he physically stiffened in fear. You couldn't hear any footsteps. The only sound was Joe's heartbeat quickening and pounding against his chest. Then everything went quiet. Bah! Jump scare. Uh, no, I... I'm always disappointed in these things. This is why I love Happy Happy so goddamn much. Is because it took you into these unexpected unexpected weird fucking plot details. Yeah. Of just like, there was an arm cut off in a bush. And it's just like, what? And then like, this has like all of these fake, very um, haunted house kinds of like trying to be disturbing. It's like fucking they they cut up blue and pulled out her intestines it's always like the most generic thing mm-hmm. it's never anything that could be like genuinely disturbing if done right yeah exactly it's, they're always afraid to go too dark you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's like they, you wouldn't you wouldn't read one of these stories and it's like steve was butt fucking blue and like all of that like it, it would never get truly dark it's always just like cut them like, up pull, pull out their insides that was one of the things i forgot to praise about that uh dating game story we read recently um it fucking went there kind of yeah it did it did yeah that's right our protagonist got uh got a screwdriver in a special place right well i I'm, mean i'm, they, I'm they, trying to think they, they killed did the they... shit out of the baby oh yeah that's did... right yeah in a really uh, grotesque way, too. Yeah, did they... I'm trying to think. Was there any other story, um, any other Lost episode besides um, Squidward Suicide that really went into dark things like actually murdering children and stuff? Because I can't uh, I, I, mean, I mean, I feel like that's happened. What about... I don't know. Uh, what, what about uh, Crybaby Lane? <laughs> In a pathetic Cry- way, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah. And remember, I did kind of have mixed feelings about that. It's still a shitty story, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, anyway. The camera view changed, and it was as if I was approaching through someone else's eyes. That's called a POV shot, jackass. They were slowly approaching a tree. When they were directly behind it, the screen changed again, but not to static. It went black. Then all I heard was the sound of a blade piercing skin and a man screaming in intense pain. I knew immediately it was Steve attacking him. Steve. Can we bloody, point out the per- bloody can Steve? We, can we point out the person who wrote this is named the one who cared? Clearly not enough. When I heard the sound of the knife piercing Joe's body again and again and again and again, I don't know how many times I heard that sound. Uh, the screen was still black then, and I began to see what looked like blood trailing down the screen. It looked. So real, <laughs> like a bucket of it had been poured on top of the TV. After that moment, after a moment, the screen went back to normal. 
scene before me was enough to make me almost throw up. Stop watching the, the DVD. You but are presumably a concerned housewife with a child named Jordan. What the fuck are you doing watching this DVD? Seriously. <clears throat> but I managed to hold it back. The screen had returned. <laughs> the screen had returned to normal now. And I was utterly terrified to see that Steve was standing over Joe's remains now. Only he was no longer animated at this point. He was real. And the man on the ground no longer looked like Joe. In that it's he's no longer played by the same actor or yeah. <clears throat> I'm not even sure it was Steve, the way his hood was made. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm try I'm trying to make sense of this uh, he was no longer animated at this point he was real were Joe and Steve ever animated characters well they said at the beginning no, it was weird that Joe, Joe uh, Steve was animated rather than real uh, live action oh yeah okay. so that is a detail see, see Alan your, your interpretation has been so off you haven't followed the deep <laughs> plot thread of where's blue Oh, that's that's my that's my bad then, everybody. I'm sorry. Gotta Terrible. wake up, pay attention. Take a lap. I'm not even sure it was Steve, but the hood, uh, the way his hood was on, mate. The way his hood was on. <laughs> uh, check. I'm not even sure it was Steve. The way his hood was on made it impossible to see the top half of his face. I could clearly see the gleefully twisted smile upon his lips. He looked down upon his handiwork. The camera then focused on the man, who I initially thought to be Joe. The image I saw was sickening, so I couldn't hold it back anymore, and I threw up. It burned to do so. I threw up. Projectile vomited all over the place, and then I passed out and died. The end. Then I humped Blue's corpse. <laughs> oh, um, God. For, for, for ten men. <laughs> for ten men. Then it came. Finished on Blue's intestines. Joe, or the man I thought was Joe, was stabbed was stabbed what looked at to, to be at least ten times in the neck. Um, and his stomach was torn open with an X shape, and the killer's knife was buried firmly in the poor man's heart. His eyes were torn out and put into his hands, which were crudely cut from his arms. Uh, for the, sa the same for his feet and head. The killer then pulled out the knife and ran at whoever was holding the camera who in turn dropped the camera and could see it trembling tumbling towards the ground oh boy For <clears throat> fortunately it had landed facing away from the two people all I could hear <laughs> was the wouldn't want to see any more of this <laughs> all I could hear if only if only there was some way to stop seeing it. <laughs> if only there was some goddamn way you could stop seeing what was on your screen. You know, you know, it's like, it's like um, the thing when like, hey, I found this cool thing. Someone sends you an email. They're like, hey, I found this cool thing. And then like you open it up. And it's gay porn, and you're just like, oh, gay porn, I don't want to watch this, but it's already started, so there's nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> I did a bit for my stand-up recently. 
that was like uh my life is weird because uh i have the classic uh cartoon uh angel and devil conscience <laughs> um but they all stay on, they both stay on one shoulder and uh mostly all they ever do is fuck each other <laughs> And uh, they're not dressed up like an angel and a demon when they do. Uh, gay sex. I'm just imagining gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> just daydreaming about gay sex. Um, to Caribbean drums now. <laughs> to Caribbean drum music. I don't know why I want to throw that detail in there. Well, because it's the, always that the, thing the about steel pan music. Of, the idea of like. A, an angel, a little angel, and a little devil version of Alan on Alan's shoulder, fucking to the cadence of Caribbean drum music. <laughs> uh, Fortunately, it landed facing away from the two people. All I could hear was the cameraman screaming in pain behind his terror-filled cries for help. After a minute, the killer re-entered the camera's view. He pointed at it with the knife and said something angrily yet happily. And what, thinking about it now. Sounded like Russian. <laughs> oh no! It is Jerusalem. <laughs> I haven't spoken of this this night for years, and I have yet to figure out who left that DVD there. I never reported this DVD to the police. A mistake I will <laughs> never make again. What? <clears throat> oh my god! What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, let me okay. explain. After watching it, I took it out of the DVD player and snapped it into two pieces so that nobody else will ever have to watch it. I still have nightmares about it every now and then. If I could go back in time and stop myself from picking up that disc, I would. In fact, I would actually get rid of it right there and there. I have no information on the killer. I've looked up this kind of killing, but I can never find anything that matches this type of brutality. Nowhere! That's the end of the fucking story. <clears throat> what Holy the shit. By the one who cared. Oh my god. So, a, a DVD like this is not only a thing that's reportable to the police. I mean, just after a certain period, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god. god. Man, I was having so much fun with the reaction to I'm Blue, and, and then we read this, and I'm just like, well, business as usual. Yep. Wow. We can take one surprise a night. That's fine. That's fair. But I just wish I like it when the surprises come later. You know, it's like getting. It's like when someone asks you what's the bad news and what's the good news, and you ask you, you know, which do you want to hear first? I'm a bad news first person. I'm a bad news first person shooter in that mind. Are Are you? Are you bad news bear? Are you bad news Barrett? I'm bad news Barry. You were, and you were almost a jail sandwich, so. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I was just listening to the hide the body, eat the body thing again. <laughs> it's fucking um, disturbing. Yeah. Well, um. Fuck it. Fuck it, we'll just end on the good stuff. Holy shit, that story was good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, how about another rousing round of uh, hide the body, eat the body, everybody? Hide the body, eat the body, hide the body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Brendan. 
I'm Brian. And I'm Rob. And we're the hosts of Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. So, Aaron, what is Doughboys? Doughboys is this podcast hosted by Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, who are two hilarious comedians, where they talk about chain restaurants every single week. So, wait, what's Faux Boys, then? Faux Boys is a podcast hosted by Aaron, Brendan, Brian, and Rob, four hilarious comedians who talk about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. Are we going to go to the same chain restaurants that the Doughboys are going to? I sure hope so. But if we don't, we're still going to record an episode. Do they have chain restaurants in Canada? (laughs) Some of them. So tune in to Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants on BenviewNetwork.com. Every two weeks to listen to Faux Boys, the podcast about the podcast about chain restaurants. Hey, does Feral Audio know we're doing this? This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.